0: What you think? All oh, right. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Those words are probably so familiar you can hardly help saying amen after you hear them, right? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy, or his steadfast love, endures forever. It endures forever. We are very used to hearing about, from the scriptures and just witnessing in our own lives, the temporary and fleeting nature of many things. A few weeks ago in Lent, we heard Jesus talk about bread that perishes. Do not work for the bread that perishes, he says. Or in another place, he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Vanity of vanities, It says in Ecclesiastes, everything that you do in this life is in some sense a chasing after the wind when it is chasing after the things of this world. Kids grow up, we grow old, love grows cold, hearts get broken, and bodies are finally laid into the ground. We are used to talking about things that wear away, things that do not last, things that are not eternal. But today we are here to talk about something that is. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love, his mercy, endures forever. Holy Week is about something permanent. Something lasting. Something that does not fade or go away. It is about something that endures forever, despite all appearances. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus said, and the Jews rightly wondered, how then can the Son of Man be the Christ, since we know that the Christ lasts forever? The Son of Man must be lifted up, he must be crucified, his side must be pierced with a spear, he must be laid into a tomb and a stone rolled in front of it. All of that must happen, and although it appears to be just another story like every other one, a story of things coming to an end, of things fleeting and temporal, Jesus himself says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it cannot bear fruit. Jesus, the Son of God, falls into the earth and dies so that he can rise again, so that he can bear much fruit. The scriptures had foretold these things, but you heard it in our gospel lesson. The crowds didn't know what Jesus was saying. The disciples didn't understand what he was saying. They didn't understand things until they saw at last his resurrected body, and he showed them the holes in his hands and the hole in his side, and he ate bread with them. Until then, they did not understand that everything that was spoken of in the scriptures up to that point had been talking about Jesus, had been talking about something that endures forever had been talking about something which can overcome death and the grave, which can bring judgment on the devil, our chief enemy. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the crowds cried out as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, but they did not know. They did not know what, he was sa- what they were saying. They were quoting from a psalm, Psalm 118, which is the psalm which is, appears most often in the Bible. It is quoted most often in the Bible. We quote it regularly in our divine service. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they thought that this was the Messiah who would come to restore the temple to them, who would drive out the Romans, who would regain their control of their land, that he would bring them temporal peace. They thought that's what that psalm was about. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That's the first verse of that psalm. Somehow, they missed that. Somehow they thought that Jesus was there to do something temporary, to do something that they could see with their eyes, to build a building that they could touch with their hands, but he was not at all. We pray that same psalm so often. Perhaps you pray it before or after every meal. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. What does that mean? What is it? that endures forever? What is it that lasts forever? How is that different from what the world has to offer us? It is mercy, it is steadfast love that stems from God's goodness. Think about what it means for God to be good. There is no hint of imperfection in him. There is no hint of selfishness or pride. There is no hint of him holding back good things from the ones that he loves, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where he created a beautiful world full of beautiful, good things for his beautiful creatures. He did not hold anything back from them. God's goodness was meant to be shared. He meant to give his goodness to his beloved children. And though they fell into sin, though Adam and Eve sinned by eating the fruit, by not trusting in God by believing the words of the serpent, though they sinned, yet God's goodness continues. Look at all of the goodness he pours out on you, even today. Though you surely deserve nothing but punishment, look what he has done for you, giving you breath, giving you food, giving you clothing, giving you shelter, giving you family and friends, giving you a beautiful church in which to celebrate God's goodness. His goodness is so persistent. It is unending. Nothing, nothing can get in the way. His goodness shines forth in his desire to give you his righteousness. So that although Adam and Eve fell away, although their relationship with God was broken, although they sinned against him and betrayed him and wanted nothing to do with him, hiding from him in the corner of the garden, even then, God wants peace. He wants to be restored. He wants his children to be brought back. He wants his beloved creatures to be one with him again. He does not want to destroy, but to save. He wants to give you his love. He wants to draw you home to an Eden that is better than the first one, to a paradise which cannot be tainted by the lies of the devil. His goodness is so deep and so strong That he wages war against the devil for you. You heard what he said. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. He does battle with your enemy, the devil, on the cross to rescue you, to save you. His goodness and his mercy endure forever. But let's be a bit more specific. What exactly do they endure What can they put up with? What can they go through? His mercy and his steadfast love and his goodness last forever. They are the last thing standing when nothing else stands. They are not ended when your life is miserable, when you are brought low, when you feel aimless and lost, when your hopes, the hopes that you hold up in your hearts, when those hopes have been dashed, when you can find no joy, when you are lonely and depressed... When you are anxious or afraid, when you feel hollow and empty, even then the goodness and steadfast love of God endure forever. They do not end when human love ends. When the love of others for you, when those closest to you, fail to love you, His love endures forever. When you have been betrayed or cut down, when you have been embarrassed or ashamed, when you have been hurt or despised, when you have been cast out or disowned, His love, His love endures forever. It endures forever when your love fails, when your love runs cold, when your love is not steadfast but faltering, when your spirit is willing but your flesh is weak, when you lose your temper, when you're impatient, when you are vindictive, when you fill your souls with regret, even then his goodness and his steadfast love endure forever. When you feel the wages of sin in your bodies, when your bodies grow weak and tired, when they grow frail, when your breath becomes labored and shallow, when your pulse fades and your eyelids close, when the grave opens its mouth, when others mourn and grieve, when the dirt is poured on top of your body, even then his steadfast love endures. His mercy endures. His goodness has not been brought to an end. It didn't end even when his children disobeyed him, when Adam and Eve turned their backs on God, when they listened to the serpent, when they chased after other gods, when his people, his beloved children, the children of Abraham abandoned their savior, their rescuer, when they made a mockery of his name before the nations, when they wandered and fled and hid when he sought them out, when they would not listen and when they did not believe, even then. His steadfast love endured forever. And this week, most of all, most poignantly, most importantly for you and me, his love did not end when Jesus was betrayed. When he was handed over to sinful men, when he was arrested, and they took him bound before the authorities, when they called him a liar and ridiculed him, when they clothed him in mockery and put a crown of thorns on his head, when they made him carry his cross, whipping him and tearing at his flesh, when they nailed him to the cross, when he breathed his last, when they pierced his side with a spear, when they took him down and laid him in a tomb and rolled a stone in the way, when all who loved him, every last one who loved him, thought that everything was over, even then the steadfast love of the Lord endured. His mercy had not been brought to an end, his goodness was still pouring out. Why? Why does his steadfast love endure all of those things? Why does it endure rejection by those whom it seeks to bless? Why does it endure the pain, the sorrow, and the grief? Why does it endure the forsakenness of the cross? Why does it go on and on and on, long far beyond what you or I could do or imagine or ever hope for why does it endure it is not as some might imagine so that it can be some sort of a lifeless monument it is not simply so that we can have a building that would last forever or a crucifix that would never go away this building this crucifix these pews those hymnals this place will all be gone some day His steadfast love endures forever not so that we can have someday a lifeless monument, so that after you and I are gone, people will come by and say, hey, there's the steadfast love of the Lord. That is not why it endures forever. It is not like the monuments that powerful people in this world build for themselves. There's a poem that was written about a great king of Egypt who built a monument for everyone to see how strong and mighty he was. And a visitor comes along one day and sees that monument standing there. And he observes how it stands there declaring how great this king was. And yet, all around is desolation. My name is Ozymandias. The plaque on that statue said, King of kings, look on my works, ye mighty and despair. But nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. That is not the way that God's love endures. It is not to remain standing there, when all is desolate and all is empty. It is meant to give you life. His love endures forever so that you would believe that although everything around you fades and disappears, your Lord's love will not, and so neither will you. His steadfast love endures forever so that although your flesh decays, although you die, yet Shall you live? So that although the world looks at you and sees futility, vanity of vanities, you're chasing after the wind, you know better. Because you are pursuing a love that does not grow cold. A love that is deeper and wider and farther reaching than anything you could imagine. So that you might receive salvation. His love endures forever so that you might be saved. Come this week. We have church on Thursday at seven o'clock and Friday at seven o'clock, and of course, Sunday at 9 a.m. Come this week so that you can see how the goodness of God, how his steadfast love endures forever. So that you can see how it endures the betrayal, the mockery, the nails, and the tomb. So you can see how it endures, just as it said, as Paul said in Philippians, how it endures, not counting equality with God a thing to be grasped, but making himself even nothing. How Christ made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being found in the likeness of men in human form and humbling himself to becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Come and see how it endures so that you can withstand everything. I am confident with Paul that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It cannot happen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.